They gave him a bump, feet out in front, the big save by Leonard. Closing to his right, puck goes around behind the goal. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Polisar again down low, right side he shoots, knocked down, Theodore fires, and he scores! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. A couple of games on the National Hockey League schedule tonight. A light schedule due to the Hall of Fame induction ceremony that will take place in Toronto. Just about to get underway if you're listening live. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, it's probably over and you uh, know all about it by now. And by the way, the podcast, doing great. Uh, you can download it, hour one, hour two. It's uh, it's an awesome little way to catch up on all your VGK information along with uh, what's happening in and around the National Hockey League. So we appreciate uh, all the downloads and all the subscribers and everybody that's uh, participating with Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, But uh, when it comes to the inductions uh, tonight, before we get into our ratings for the Saturday night tilt over the Vancouver Canucks, uh, Kevin Lowe was in there. Doug Wilson, both guys, went 20-plus years Mm -hmm. being eligible for the Hall of Fame and got the call. Kevin Lowe said that he was mowing his lawn when they called, and he hung up twice. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Uh, and he's more than the line. Drew McGinley is being inducted into the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame tonight, along with Marion Hossa. Mm-hmm. Uh, two great careers. McGinley, uh, a two-time Olympic champion, assistant on the Golden Goal in Vancouver. He was in line renting a car so he and his uh, kids could go biking, mountain biking. Nice. And they needed a, a bigger vehicle. And he didn't recognize the Toronto number that was coming through. He hung up twice. Awesome. Declined the calls. This is fantastic. And then, and then Lanny McDonald texted him and said, uh, it's Lanny. Call me. <laughs> Call me back. But but Kevin Lowe didn't even realize he'd been eligible for so long. Yeah. He didn't realize it was it was that time of the year. And his name had kind of stopped being brought up in the circles of uh of those that were eligible. Imagine that though. Twenty years. You're you're probably thinking he was thinking. Yeah. My time's passed. Sure. And he, he gets that uh, that great. And Kim St. Pierre, goaltender. Uh, Ken Holland, the builder category uh, with the Detroit Red Wings, current general manager of the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I, I can only imagine what it would be like to to have your hopes, right? To to think that you, know, you had a pretty good career. You, you, you feel like you're you're of the caliber that, that would get the call. And then to have years go by and years go by and nothing happens. And all of a sudden, you're just kind of like, oh, okay. This is, this is a pleasant surprise. So it, it's cool. Like... The stories are funny. The fact that that it took a, a minute to to get through with uh, yeah. with the Hockey Hall of Fame that's fun. But uh, yeah, I mean, congratulations to everybody. Like that's that's the big thing. Like it's such an awesome accomplishment. So have a night. Have How a night. about that uh, Kevin Lowe team, that Edmonton Oilers squad, mm-hmm. and all the Hockey Hall of Famers? Yeah, they're pretty good. That have come out of that group. It's extraordinary. And you can make a case like Annie Moog, mm-hmm. numbers, right on the cusp. Sure. Uh, but but Fear and Coffee and now Lowe and Anderson and Gretzky and Curry. Wow, Messier. Yeah. Can't forget Messier. Come on. Uh, Glenn Sather. Yeah. Uh, on, the, on the bench. Just. He almost inducted the whole team. That Well, that's about as close as you can get, right? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. And Lowe, like Lowe didn't win any. Big individual awards, mm. but part of six Stanley Cup championship teams, five Edmonton and and one with the New York Rangers. When 
Edmonton went over. Edmonton should actually get credit. They should have got a banner <laughs> from that 1994 team. I agree uh, with yeah. the uh, with the with the New York Rangers. But you know that it's so extraordinary when you look at the amount of talent on that Edmonton Oilers club and how they didn't they dominated, but how they didn't win every year and they didn't win they didn't win the four in a row that yeah. the Islanders won. Yeah. They didn't win the four in a row uh, that uh, that Montreal won going into that uh, Islander dynasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's almost like you you need a lot of things to break your way and it's more than just having six or seven guys that are at the peak of what right. they do. It's hard to win Stanley Cups and if the Edmonton Oilers had a break in between some of their championships with that team, it gives you a very clear understanding of even in the 80s when it was even easier the, to score goals, it was not easy to win Stanley Cups. And it, it gives you that appreciation of how tough it is now. Oh yeah. When it's even like there's so much parity in and around the National Hockey League. Uh, some some surprises uh in the one-timer segment, just maybe some some quiet starts. That we're overlooking. I'm going to throw that uh, your way. But uh, let's get into rating Saturday night's tilt against Vancouver. You see what I do that time with the pepper? You see what I do with the pepper? The people, the people, they want the pepper, all right? They want the pepper. We've got that thing nailed. We're on a roll right now, Uh, Chapman and I. uh, It was a big win. Seven goals scored. Vancouver Canucks not exactly playing the best hockey right now. And that was exhibited again last night when they were humbled by the Anaheim Ducks. But wins right now for the Vegas School of the Knights are so important, and it doesn't matter how or when you post those victories. Nine and six to start the season with all the injuries exceeds my biggest expectations. I'm, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, I'll get into my rating first. It's a Carolina Reaper. And, you know, listen, I, I don't like to just hand these out like candy. I don't. But... It's hard for me to go in a different direction here. The Golden Knights are 3-0 and on this homestand. They're three games over 500. You get Mark Stone back. That is an emotional boost for this club because I think you, you feel like there are still a lot of injuries, but getting him back is closer to what you're going to be and what you should have been at the beginning of the year if, if everyone was healthy. You, you add in the, the fact that you're going to get to add Jack Eichel at some point here in the future. Um, goaltending has been good for the Golden Knights. It was an entertaining hockey game. Could they have been better defensively? Sure. But you got to give a lot of credit to the Vancouver Canucks. They hung around. They made it an interesting game. Um, for me, though, it, it's a Carolina Reaper. They're, they're right in the middle of a solid win streak, and I think it has the, the possibility of continuing uh, and getting that confidence, scoring seven goals, going into a matchup with Carolina, that's huge. That's a five out of five. We did a sound effect when we get a five out of five. That's what we need. Literally, literally anything that you have in there would probably work. Yes. Okay. There we are. A five out of five. Chapman. Wheat. Literally anything would work except for that. Um. <laughs> what do you got, Chapman? I went. I went back and forth because I. I. I, I there. There were some. Some good and bad, I guess. Um, you know, I, I certainly didn't like the start. You fall down two nothing early on. Mark Stone takes his <laughs> penalty. He wasn't too happy about his first two shifts, but at the end of the day, you score seven goals. And even after you fall down two nothing, the fact that you scored seven of the next nine goals in that game, I think that says a lot. Um, Against Thatcher Demko too. Yes, yeah, that, I think that's that's a real big key in this game is that you were able to find the back of the net with 
relative ease against a goaltender that has has had your number in the past. Yeah, by the way, Golden Knights have never lost to the Vancouver Canucks in regulation Ever. in the regular season. And, yeah. Uh so I went I went Carolina Weeper as well. There there were some good, uh, a lot of good. Marcia so his his two goal night, the Donoff, his two goal night. Marcia so becomes the first Golden Knights player to hit the century mark in uh goal scored. Dodonov becomes the all-time leading goal scorer for Russian-born players in Golden Knights history. He passes Valentin Zikov with his fourth goal. Uh, so, for me, <laughs> Ryan, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Carolina Reaper for me. Huh? You've been sitting on that for four days? No, I tweeted it out Saturday night, and and Danny Webster asked me how long I had had that ready to go. And Yeah, how long have you had that ready to go? As soon as he scored his third goal to tie Zikov, I, I, I was ready to pounce on that. I kept saying, come on, score one more, score one more. And, and he scored two Saturday nights. So, That's... so now he is also putting some distance between him himself and the second leading Russian born goal scoring Golden Knights team history. Zikov's not, not making a charge anytime soon. No, I don't think so. That, that, that's not happening. So uh, in all, like be brutally honest. When did you start thinking about that? I told you as soon as he scored the third goal to tie Zikov. Oh, with... so it was, it was, it was, that was night. It, no, 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 because he scored. He he passed him that night, but he was tied with him going into that game. Was it the wild game where he scored? Yes. Yeah. So it would have been the wild game. Okay. Yeah. I thought I I had I was concerned that maybe this went back to to training camp. Or no, something no, like no. That. I to be honest with you, I I was completely shocked when I when I looked it up and saw that Zikov had three goals. No, no, I, I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't shocked by. What that do you think? Zikov is stuck at three goals. I. I tweeted out a lot of yes, well, three <laughs> yes memes to be exact. No, I, 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 I knew he had at least one. I thought he probably had two. Completely blown away that that guy had three goals. So a five out of five. Yes. Um, that's. I, I went, I went Carolina Reaper, but not for the result, not for the performance, not for the comeback, but I went five out of five as soon as they dropped the puck. I made the decision right then and there. I'm shocked by with this. 19:58 to go. Yeah. In the first period okay. of Saturday night against the Vancouver Canucks, Carolina Reaper, just because Mark Stone was back, and we got to see the start of the return from from sick bay. Mm-hmm. That that brought so much joy and optimism that we may maybe starting to edge on through the back uh, side of this thing. That was my Carol. The rest of it was, was great. Real bonus. Uh, the, the Donoff performance uh, and then the, the, the power play, uh, being able to score on Thatcher Demko, getting through, through that whole thing. Uh, and Robin Leonard uh, locking it down. I, it was, it was great, but seeing Mark Stone on the ice was a, that's how many injuries there's been this year. Just having him out there for the anthem and dropping the puck mm-hmm. was a care. And there's a, there's a bit of chemistry there. And maybe maybe it's not chemistry. Maybe it's just when you see what the Donov did with Mark Stone on the ice, you realize how unbelievable he is at making everybody on the ice that much better. And that's his first game in a month. Yeah, and and it wasn't necessarily the the start no. that Mark Stone wanted, uh, but over the course of the game, he he just got so much better. The timing got better. You, you could tell that he was feeling comfortable in his game in that third period. 
Uh, having him back, having your captain, there's something to be said about that when you have gone without for about a month now without Mark Stone. You you still have to kind of weather a bit of a storm with Pacioretty out, with Carlson out, with Patrick out, with White Cloud out, with Carrier out, with Martinez mm-hmm. out. Like, it's, it's still ridiculous. But, like, I'm with you. I think you're kind of turning a corner here, and having Mark Stone in the lineup opens up so many different possibilities for this team uh, to return to kind of the the favorites, to, to return to that team that we expected them to be at the beginning of the year where there weren't injuries. The part that blew me away was the pass across. He did a lot of things mm-hmm. that night, and he worked through some rust, and he worked uh, through uh, being uh, in a game readiness. Sure. But that pass, I don't care whether he's hasn't missed a game for six years mm-hmm. or that's his first game in a month. He uses, we've talked about the long stick before. Yeah. And what an advantage it is. Uh, shooting angle, uh, whether defensively, knocking down pucks, poke checking, uh, taking the puck away. I didn't see that where he pulled it so tight to his body and kind of just flipped it across with the toe of a stick. Mm-hmm. That was a new move. I haven't seen that from from Mark before. That was that was really deft. Yeah, I mean, he he's... He's just that good, right? Like, and and I think what's interesting is is you heard from from Mark after the game, in which he was talking about how the injury was something he's been dealing with for a little bit for a little bit of time, and and we we knew that when Pete said when he first went down, he was dealing with something. It locked up. It it at least in the moment appeared to me that there was a little bit extra in the step of Mark Stone. So maybe this is a, a situation where a player had to take time away just to get himself back to a place where he's playing without pain. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case and you get uh, just another 1% out of Mark Stone, it's it's so, so important for this team. The penalty that he took, Connor Garland? Yeah, of course. High sticking? Yep. Did any party, because we showed it on the broadcast, did any party you go back to May 11th? 100%. Yeah. Oh yeah. When, when Garland clipped him, you, it's early in the game. If you're gonna if you're gonna try to send a, a, a statement a message, or a yeah. message, then, then that's the time to do it. Unfortunately, uh, Vancouver was able to score yeah. twice, but uh, yeah, I I think that that was fantastic, and and I'm I'm all for Mark Stone kind of trying to settle a score there in that moment. Fifteen games in, nine and six, uh, three and zero oh, halfway through this six game homestand that will continue tomorrow night against the Carolina Hurricanes and then uh, finish up with Detroit on Thursday and then the Columbus Blue Jackets on Saturday. Detroit will be on the back end of three and four uh, coming in. Uh, they do have the the one day off is, is right before, but uh, it will be three and four. Uh, Columbus is battling some injuries. They, that team plays hard, though. Yeah. It does play. They've been victim of some some bad luck as well. Uh, but if if you can ever get over the hump tomorrow against Carolina, which leads the National Hockey League right now at eleven and two, uh, then you're looking at maybe something really special. Yeah, I mean we we chatted about this homestand and what I was looking for. I, I wanted eight points out of out of the homestand. The Golden Knights have six so far. Um, I think they're going to play a heck of a game tomorrow. I, I really do. You've got Mark Stone with a game under his belt. Um, you know, Jonathan Marcheseau of Guinea Dodonov, they are heating up at the right time for the Golden Knights. I, I look at this game as an opportunity for the Golden Knights to have a measuring stick against the best team right now in the league, and that's Carolina. And the last time there was a measuring stick game, it was against Minnesota, and the Golden Knights just played 
better all the way around than the Minnesota Wild. I'm expecting this more of the same tomorrow night against Carolina. Be able to grind your way through it and be able to pick up some points. Uh, uh, Pete DeBoer uh, talked today uh, a little bit about what's happening with his forward units and that the Donov play, and has he been really good? Has he been exactly what they expected? Where is Dodonov's performance, especially off the last couple of games, uh, in relation to expectations? Well, you know what I, I think. I think uh, Dodonov's—he's uh, been good. Um, you know, he could easily have a few more goals than he's got. Uh, he, he gives you a consistent effort and compete every night. I think defensively, he's been fine. He just. I think as more skilled players come back into our lineup, I think uh, he's going to be more effective because he, you know, both on the power play and five on five. So, I think that's what you're seeing. He, he's one of those complementary guys that, uh, you know, his big numbers in Florida were with with high end players. He complements those type of guys. Yeah, I, I would say soft, not quiet. I, I think a lot of his goals are, are around the net like the five on three goal, you know, in the slot in, in those, why I call them tough areas. He finds quiet spots, but you know, they're in tough areas. He's not standing, you know, 50 feet from where the action is. Yeah, important goals. Um, you know, I, I think he's been a great fit. He's, uh, he's come in and it's hard to live up to uh, contracts when you're paid to score goals. You know, and and there's there's a lot of scrutiny around that, and uh, sometimes you know what gets lost is a lot of the other little things that he's doing. And he's a guy that I why I like him is he doesn't uh, cheat you defensively in order to score those goals. Made a play the other night, the goalie out, you know, won a battle against a defenseman a foot taller and 50 pounds heavier to get a puck out of our end. You know, those are the kind of things when your goal scorers. Or doing things like that—that's that's winning hockey. High praise from Coach Pete DeBoer on Evgeny Dodonov. It's it's funny because you know earlier on in the year we're looking at Dodonov and saying in in the midst of all these injuries you need somebody that's paid to score to step up and and find the back of the net and then uh, over time what you're seeing I think now with Dodonov is being surrounded by talented players sure but he he's getting more comfortable within what the golden Knights are asking him to do. And I think that there's an adjustment period for players coming to new teams. We've seen that over the course of, you know, Max Pacioretty's first year in Vegas. We saw it last year with Alex Petrangelo and, and, and kind of starting, stopping, starting, stopping, and then getting to a groove in the playoffs. And I think the same is similar right now for Dodonov. Like he's dialed in with what he needs to do and where he needs to go. And the, the points are starting to pile up for him. You know, a phrase that we hear all, a lot with a team that's going through an injury session like the Golden Knights are right now is they you find ways to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come up with different ways to win. Well, I'm, I'm not sure that we expect them to even go to this extreme with the variety that we've witnessed mm-hmm. in being able to win some hockey games. Like Montreal... That was the extreme of extremes, Mm -hmm. being outshot 20 to 1 and coming back and being victorious. Uh, The other night, uh, coming off a slow first period, which you're down when you got your captain back, you think, is there a let? It's a letdown. Is that mm-hmm. what, what's going No, they just storm back. Minnesota used the penalty killers. Uh, you could, uh, you could make a case that uh, the Seattle game was a, was a building block in, in being able to uh, play a more solid game in 
for three quarters of it. But this this finding the ways to win uh, is is a cliche. But with this team, might be an understatement. This, here's Nick Hag talking about just being able to produce victories in very different fashions. Yeah, I think uh, that's the most important thing at the end of the day, right? Um, you know, good teams will find a way to, to get the job done. And I don't know if we all, always want to kind of play that running gun back and forth game like like we did against Vancouver, but uh, you know, we we found a way to get the job done, and you know, that's what's most important at the end of the day. What's what's been their most impressive? game man like you, you thought minnesota was good that's tough right like I, I look at minnesota and colorado as probably the two most impressive games in how they were able to win right like colorado most important sure yeah you're because you're, it stopped and gave them some confidence you're spot on there uh impressive though like i mean it's hard to, to not look at that montreal game because it was such a drubbing in the first period it was so lopsided and then to be able to find your first power play goals of the year, to be able to play more or less 40 minutes and get out of Montreal with a win and and really set yourself up well on the rest of the road trip, like I think there's 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 a case to be made for that game being pretty impressive because they had every reason in the book to just pack it in and not come out in the second period, not come out in the third period and try to impact the game or change the game. And they didn't do it. And I think in large part, they didn't do it because of how brilliant Robin Leonard was in the first period. Minnesota was great yeah. because they had the lead. Mm-hmm. and But then had to really battle through the uh, too many or the puck over the glass to delay game penalties. And that puts you on your heels. And, and then Minnesota finds a way to make it close in the end. So even that wasn't what you call a, a, a complete game. Seven goals the other night, but not the complete, but you're fine. You're putting two points on the board mm-hmm. yeah. and and you're able to withstand these ebbs and flows uh, of, of performances in, in game, in period ebbs and flows. It's just, it's not what we're used to mm-hmm. because of the people that are out of the lineup, but it's almost, I, I give them uh, more, more props for it. Well, I mean, it's, it's led to eight and two in their last 10, right? Mm-hmm. So like, it's, it's hard to really, you know, complain about that when we've been talking about this team as as 500 is where you need to be in the absence of all these players. I don't really look at it anymore from from an individual game standpoint. I'm looking at how are they doing period to period? Are they able to string multiple periods together? Because earlier on in the year, it was kind of a grab bag, right? Like there would be points within a game where they would be on for 10, 15 minutes, and then they would be really rough for 20, 25, 30. Uh, more often over the last four or five games, I think the Golden Knights have been able to string together larger periods of time within a period where they are are the better team. And that's kind of the progress that I'm looking for from them because until you have everyone back, it's not going to be smooth sailing from, mm-hmm. the, from the process perspective. But as long as you're getting better and the results are coming, then that's all you could really ask for at this point. Uh, Pete DeBoer was asked about Alec Martinez today, and uh, he said that uh, he was going for some more tests just to check out uh, whether or not there was uh, any sub-damage yeah. than just the cut uh, to the skin, talking nerves and, and everything that goes through that. Uh, but it sounds like it's, to this point, just a really nasty cut. And we're hopeful that the the tests and everything comes back and negative uh, later on uh, when we when we talk to Pete again tomorrow uh, before the Carolina game. But that's uh, this fifty stitches. Mm-hmm. Wow, 
Yeah, it's it's brutal, right? Like, and we've talked about. It. I I don't I don't feel like I have a a real strong comparison point for what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems out of my realm of comprehension. But you know, we we know what we know about Alec Martinez, and as as soon as as soon as he's cleared and he's able, he'll be in the lineup for the Golden Knights. Uh, that's the status of Alec Martinez. Paul Cotter should recognize the the forward. He scored his first National Hockey League goal last week. Mm-hmm. Then was sent down to Henderson and scored first game with the Henderson Silver Knights in a loss and followed it up with another goal against the Stockton Heat uh, on Saturday night. So he's got a three-game goal streak going mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in two different leagues and getting it done. If, if you were a Paul Cotter fan before, I don't know where your appreciation for him goes uh, from here. And if you if you were like, oh, who's Paul Cotter? Well, He's instantly a fan favorite. Fedora and fun uh, and production from Paul Cotter. Yeah, he did a great interview, pregame interview with Dan Duva. Um, I want to, I think it's Thursday, the night that he scored um, his his first career NHL goal. And the the thing that stood out most about Paul Cotter in that interview is he talked about the the power of positivity, right? Positive thinking, the right mindset that you need to have. And he kept talking about keep going, right? Like when things get tough, just keep going, keep moving forward. It's no surprise to me that he he has that that massive moment in the NHL, get, goes down to the AHL and just keeps the positive momentum going for him and for his teammates in Henderson. It's a testament to to how strong minded he is, uh, and you just can't help but root for the kid. You spend two minutes with Paul Cotter, mm-hmm. yeah. you understand. Oh yeah, that that's going to happen. That he's going to go oh, down and sure. produce, yeah. and and that's not maybe there's a little bit. Of confidence, and I think that does play a role in in players and and being uh, productive and having that touch when they're sent down because they've got a taste of it in the National Hockey League. But in this case, I think it's just Paul Cotter being sure Paul Cotter. Yeah, I think you're right. Don't try and be anybody else. Be the best Ryan Wallace you can be. I mean, I don't I I don't wear fedoras, but if I did, I, I certainly would in here. Be good. Yeah. Big feather. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I'd like to see it. Uh, when we continue, we're going to make Ryan Wallace's week. And we're going to bring you up to date with uh, news and notes happening in and around the National Hockey League. Uh, I want to tell you about what's happening with the Ottawa Senators uh, as they go through a difficult uh, part of their schedule. And Sidney Crosby, Sid the Kid, is back. Brought to the near wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the BGK Insider Show. Pittsburgh Penguins, start of the season, 5-4-4. Would you take that, considering they didn't have Sidney Crosby or Jenny Malkin? I would. Sure. Then Sid came back and they they lost yesterday against the Washington yeah, Capitals. Yeah. They, they killed, but at least he's he's back. No, it's awesome. I, I think that they're uh, they got a question with their backup goaltending right now. Uh-huh. Uh, not not getting a lot of lot of saves there, but I would say Pittsburgh's weathered that storm, being five hundred at this stage of the season, pretty well. Yeah, I I mean, anytime you're down both Crosby and Malkin, if you can kind of hang around there, sure. Um, I still remain firmly on the on the train that the Pittsburgh Penguins are not going to make the playoffs. Uh, Ottawa Senators had a big win over those Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday, mm-hmm. then lost yesterday 4-0 to the Calgary Flames. 
Another player was added to the COVID list, and that made 10, and that was enough. Uh, the National Hockey League has put a stop to uh, Ottawa Senators' uh, practices and games. They will not play uh, the rest of this week, uh, suspending or pausing their schedule, which games uh, means games uh, will be rescheduled. So three games mm-hmm. have now been put uh, back into the hopper to be spread around the rest of the season. It's a good reminder. Uh, because I saw a tweet today where the National Hockey League has until January 10th Mm -hmm. to pull out of the Beijing Olympics, Winter Olympics. If too many games get canceled and they need those three and a half weeks uh, in February to put in games, I think a lot of games would have to be canceled to ever get there. But this is uh, is a reminder. The first time this year that games have had to be rescheduled because of COVID-19. Yeah, I, 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 it's going to be interesting because you want to try to keep these as isolated as possible and you want to um, make sure that you're exhausting all options before you start to reschedule games because you're, you're looking at such a tight window to get the regular season done with going to the Olympics. Um, you know, but I, I think that right now the, the, the right call was made for the Ottawa Senators and for the NHL to, to reschedule, postpone, and, and find a different way to, to play these games because 10 players on COVID, like that's that's in, that's a lot of players for the Ottawa Senators. And how they've been dealing with it is they haven't been practicing. Yeah. And then they've just been playing games every couple of days, but right. not practicing. And plugging so that's in, not helping and, either. And plugging in guys that aren't, aren't ordinarily with the team, and then the guys that do get into the, into the lineup are, are getting hurt. Brandstrom. So, yeah, Brandstrom broke his hand. So... Um, it's not an ideal situation, and, and I, I'm glad the NHL stepped in. Like, this was a pretty extreme circumstance for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, you can tell, based on what was happening, that they let it get to a point where they you could really get the sense that they didn't want to reschedule any games. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then 10 uh, double digits appears to be uh, that part of it. Uh, Seattle Kraken, are, what are we, how do we judge their start to the season? Um... I mean, ineffective is a word that comes to mind. Um, lacking identity, I guess, would be the other one. Um, I'm, I'm kind of coming around as as begrudgingly as, as I can uh, to the fact that I just don't know that Seattle's a very good hockey team. 4-10-1. and one. Yeah. I mean, the, the results four, bear that out. In a row. Yeah, the results bear that out. I, I thought getting home, they'd be able to kind of string some wins together. It hasn't happened. And if it hasn't happened now, I'm not convinced it's going to at any point in time here in the future. I ask you that because the the general manager, Ron Francis, uh, says that uh, the goaltending and the defense would be competitive. Uh, That's the headline today. Mm -hmm. But they're 31st in the National Hockey League. And Grubauer's stats are at the bottom of every goaltending category. I would argue it's more goaltending than it is defense. Like I, I think that Seattle does enough good stuff in front of their goalies to to make it competitive, but goaltending has not been what the Seattle Kraken were banking on when they went after Philip Krubauer, that's for sure. He's not been good this year. Only win that Arizona has this year Uh against the Seattle Kraken, and Ron Francis says they're finding ways to lose games instead of what Vegas is going through right now and generating victories Mm -hmm. out of improbable situations. Yeah, I I, I think that might be a a fair assessment from Ron Francis on the team. Like there have certainly been games where the Seattle Kraken um, have had good opportunities to win and have imploded, um, have, have just kind of allowed the game to get away from them in moments. And, you know, I think for a team that's growing together, that's to be expected, but 
you know, again, I, I still think that they should be putting themselves in better positions. They're not. And they're just not getting the, the saves. Like, they need saves, period. You bring in Philip Grubauer, you sign him to that contract to give you saves. It hasn't happened. Philadelphia Flyers are off to a sneaky good start. Yeah. Compared to what the expectations were. Because I'm not sure where the expectations were. They were low. Well, they were well, mysterious. Well, they were like, okay. A couple of years ago, they were great. Last year, they were they were terrible. So I, they, they were just in this no man's last. They're off to the start this year that everyone expected them to be on last year. Right. And, and they're just a year behind where our expectations were. Seven, four, and two. But but here's a weird one. Ryan Ellis is out for a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's week to week for the Flyers, the defenseman that they acquired from the National Predators. I'm going to read you a quote um, because he he had an assist and a couple of shots on goal in, after missing nine games with a lower body injury. And now he's back out again. Mm-hmm. And his coach, Elaine Vigneault, said, we're going to investigate the problem and continue to investigate. There's definitely some issues there, and hopefully we can get him back out in the near future. I was made aware of it yesterday. I'm not sure when he discussed it with our medical crew. It kind of sounds like the coach was was left out of the loop. Yeah, that's a weird one. As, as far as what Ryan Ellis. But it's, it's been good. Uh, there's uh, some news happening in and around the Dallas Stars. I mentioned this in the podcast today on the Chirp, that... Ben Bishop, goaltender, didn't play at all last year. Mm-hmm. He's eligible to be activated right now. Really? He wants to come back. He wants to play again. He's been with the team on the road trip. He's been practicing. He's been doing everything. Mm-hmm. Problem is, <laughs> well, there's a couple of them. They like already have four. two goaltenders. Like four problems. Yeah. And they can't activate him without doing something with a cat. Sure. So I don't know where where this goes, mm-hmm. but he wants to play again, and he's ready. He's he's eligible to be activated. Uh, Brayden Holpe, uh, he remains day to day with a lower body injury, but that's not long term enough to to filter in the sure. uh, the cap issues. Uh, he's only going to be out a couple of days. I, I don't know where where they go, but if you're looking for a goaltender right now mm-hmm. in the National Hockey League, yep. Pittsburgh. You, Edmonton, yeah, Edmonton. Uh, that this might be the the place that you go to. Whether it's Brayden Holtby, uh, two million dollars, or whether you you go a little bit bigger with with Ben Bishop. Ben Bishop's a, a reach because he hasn't played in sure. a year. Sure, and like I I think if I like if I'm Edmonton, I'm not going after Ben Bishop. I'm going after Brayden Holtby, the Lloyd Minster guy from just down the road. That's the that's the play that I throw out there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, if Ben Bishop's able. And, and he's ready, uh, the Dallas Stars are going to have to make some type of decision. And we, we all expected that over the course of the summer when we, we get to the regular season. They've got essentially four NHL goaltenders on the roster. I thought he was done. Yeah, I, I didn't think yeah. he'd be back, but he's done everything. Uh, a pal of mine was uh, talking to him, our buddy Kevin Woodley, the goalie nice. guru that comes on every yeah. now and then. Uh, talked to him the other day, uh, did an interview uh, for the Ingold podcast that we do. And it's, it's flat out. He wants to play again. Now, yeah. he realizes there's challenges, but uh, medically, if he's ready to go, they're going to have to uh, make some decision and uh, move it, whether it's Hudobin, whether it's uh, they got to trade uh, uh, Holtby, but but something's going to happen. Okay, I've, I've talked about making your day. Yeah, let's go. All right. Last time we talked, I was racing out of this room mm-hmm. to go to a, a show. Oh, okay, yeah. Sammy Hager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sammy Hager. Yep, I got it. 
uh, he had a special guest that night mm. join him. Now, before we reveal that name, okay, because the, the whole thing revolves around a bit of around Chapman. <laughs> oh no, yeah. this is good. Yeah, yeah, bit of. So we go up to a suite. We're going to do a meet and greet. It's, he is, he is dejected yeah. right now. This, this is awesome. This is, this is go- and uh, never seen you this reason, red. The only reason why I'm telling this story is because it happened in a room full of people. Okay, so right. so I'm not I'm not sharing stories out of school. Anyway, we, we go up to this suite at mm-hmm. the Strat, and the yeah. Strat put on a great show. Sammy put on a great show, yeah. and we're going to do this meet and greet. Mm-hmm. But we miss Sammy because I was late coming from here. Shocking. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. So we're in this suite. We're all just hanging out. Unbeknownst to me, there's another special guest coming. Mm. Big knock on the door. I'm, you know, I don't, I'm not a big people person, so I'm not in the middle of the, all the conversations. Mm-hmm. So I walk over and I answer the door. There's this dude there. Good looking dude. Huh. Looks like a rock and roller. Yeah. So I know he's got something to do with this whole show. Sure. So I'm like, hey, come on in. He stands there. I'm in this group. Everybody starts getting pictures with him. Yeah. I still don't have no any, clue. No clue who okay. he is. Yep. So I take a picture, send it to my wife. I said, there's a rock and roll guy here. And and she's like, oh my God. So cool. Yeah. yeah. Rick Springfield. <laughs> you didn't know? Had no idea. Amazing. No idea. So I'm telling this story today uh-huh. in yeah. the media room at, sure. at Vegas Golden Knights uh, yeah. availability. And Skippy over here. Yep. Chapman says, oh, he's Canadian. I didn't know he was Canadian. I said to Gosher, Gosher knows everything about music. Is he mm-hmm. Canadian? It's like, I didn't know he was, I didn't know he was Canadian. Gosher's like, I don't think he's Canadian. We're all going around the room. Mm-hmm. Canadian? I don't think he's Canadian. Comes up. He's Australian. Chapman? What do you think? No, no, that's not even the best part. Here's the here's the answer. I'm like, Chapman, he's Australian. Well, well, I was close. Like one's in the like bottom of the earth and, and it's not even oh. in the southern hemisphere, it's on the other side of the world. Couldn't be more go, diametrically go opposed. It's, it's so far away, it's Christmas there. Yes. <laughs> that was Gosher's line, by the way. And and, and for the record, said. for the record. I didn't mean close as in proximity. I'm very good at geography. Like, I, I know where all my countries are. I can do flags, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I meant close as in English-speaking former colony of the United Kingdom. They compete against each other in the Commonwealth Games. That's what I meant by That's close. That's a big stretch by, by going wow. close. No, no. Well, the Commonwealth think- Games, and, and I mean, you know, I mean... You, you, I, I believe you have Queen Elizabeth on your money. They have we Queen do. Elizabeth on we theirs. So, so there's a lot of they are. There is a lot of similarities. Basically, Australia is the Canada of the South Pacific. All I all I wanted to get out there was his his reply explanation of the whole thing was, I was close. So I don't know who the heck Rick Springfield. Like I didn't recognize him. I know Jesse's yeah. girl. I know. Yeah. Uh, I've done everything for you. I, I know that. Which Sammy Hagar wrote for him. Hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I admit my faux pas, and then he one ups me with a faux pas. I think that you just tell stories around Chapman so that when when there's a moment you're feeling like you can't get any <laughs> <No>. lower, <laughs> Chapman jumps in and jumps saves in. you. Exactly. But I was going to tell the story about answering the door with yeah. Rick Springfield hey, and buddy. not knowing who, who he was. It was because so I answered the door. Neither one of us knew who the other guy was. Well, I, I, it makes sense on his <laughs> yes. on, on his account. Although, as a good Canadian, he should know you, Darren. He should. <laughs>
Well, the old Canadian joke. Do you know my cousin Tom? Well, yeah, in, of course in Vancouver. I do. Uh, those are uh, those are one time. <laughs> oh, uh, and Sammy, awesome job. Plays yeah. a little. Uh, Michael Anthony, the bassist for Van Halen, came out. Mm-hmm. They, they did some Van Halen. It was amazing. Rick Springfield, uh, Jesse's girl, uh, knocked it out of the park. Uh, so thanks to everybody over there at the Strat. Those one timers for this uh, Monday. November on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Oh, Darren. So That's weird. You guys shouldn't do that. No, well, I don't know why he does it back to me. I'm just setting him up for his segment. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I gotta be nice and say hello. We, we were... Obviously, tonight, Hall of Fame induction, and we were talking a little bit about that those Edmonton Oilers teams and how many Hall of Famers they have. So I was looking at the the, the, the team and, and guys who scored a lot of points for some of those teams, and the name, that, and I know Ryan will love the name, but the name that jumps out to me is Yari Curry. And in the 84-85 season, Yari Curry had 135 points. In the 85-86 season, he had 131 points, which is... Absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Problem is, in both of those seasons, he finished 73 and 84 points behind his teammate, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, it was the when Gretzky was producing more points. It's, 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 it's or still, more assists than yeah. uh, anybody else. It's, it's like what Leon's doing right now carrying Connor. But it's, it's absolutely mind-blowing to think <laughs> that, that a guy... <laughs> 15 oh, games in, Leon's ahead. That's it's, what I'm saying. I yeah, know. Yeah. Yes. Leon carrying yes. Connor. Yeah, Dreisaitl. He's, he's the heart and soul of that team. German Gretzky. Yeah. Better and, than Connor it's not like It's not like Connor's mailing it in right now. He's no. scoring goals against five guys. He's unlucky. <laughs> like, the puck just seems to bounce off of Leon every single time he's on the ice. It's amazing. It just blows me away that, first of all, a guy would have 135 points in a season, mm-hmm. which in this day and age is, is absolutely, well, it's not mind-blown mind because there is one guy who probably could do it but to finish that many points behind your teammate yeah and the crazy thing in the 84 85 season they play the same line like how yeah. are you that far behind him <laughs> when you play in the same line well and the, 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 i don't know you got to ask connor because he's that far behind leon and here's the here's the thing that completely blows me away in the 84 85 season when he had 135 points which was i believe the second most in the league that season uh-huh. he finished 14th in the Hart trophy voting hmm. he didn't even finish in in the voting the following year when he had 131 points wayne occupied the first 10 spots i'm sure he did <laughs> in, in Hart trophy voting <laughs> poor yari curry amazing they, they, two two defensemen and then all those forwards mm-hmm. and a goaltender yeah like the whole they had a starting six Hall of Famers yeah. and the coach, yeah, all, of, all all over it. Now the Islanders had a bunch of Hall of Famers too, but not to that dominating fashion. No, I mean there it's it's hard to find the the one two punch or one six punch of the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> like it's pick your poison because all of them could beat you on a given night. It, it was insane, and and Gretzky almost never had a night off. The, and you could make a case that the Islanders dynasty was better. Because more players stayed and won all four cups mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than than won the four or five cups uh, when Ed, with Edmonton, and they won them all in a row. Sure. Uh, so there's different 
different ways to, to fashion it. But it when we look back in history, we're going to be shocked at how Edmonton didn't win five, six cups in a row. I'm shocked by and it. And the teams that won in between, mm-hmm. Montreal and the Calgary Flames. Mm-hmm. Now, Calgary was arguably the second-best team in the league playing inside the same same division. But that Montreal team was a that was Patrick Waugh, the one-off, uh, Jean Perron, like never coached again in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just found something uh, that that year in which Calgary beat Edmonton on the Steve Smith play uh, off the back of the skate from Grant Fear. Well, there's mistakes like that. Yeah. That's but why. how did it ever get to that point? I, like, I, don't, I, know. I don't know. It doesn't make any That's sense. That's how good Calgary, that Calgary yeah. group was. Yeah. Uh, uh, awesome. Chapman? Yes. We learned tonight why you're not allowed in my country. Why is that? Because you're giving citizenship to everybody. Well, it's a Rick great country. It's a, it's a, I wish I had Canadian citizenship. Including That'd be Rick awesome. Springfield. Well, Rick Springfield is a legend in the soap opera world. So would you? I, I didn't know that story either. Somebody had to explain that one. I gotta get out more. Is right? it General Hospital? I General think General Hospital. Yeah. The doctor. The good doctor. Good for him. Uh, would you guys know know Rick Springfield if you knocked on your door? Probably not. No. So I'm probably not that no. far. No. Out on that side of it. Uh, we'll be at the rink tomorrow. Carolina Hurricanes. Four o'clock start for the VGK Insider Show. Six o'clock start for the pregame show. Seven o'clock. For the puck drop, uh, Dan Duva and Gary Lawless as the Golden Knights try to make it four for four to start the homestand. We'll talk to you then on Fox Sports Las Vegas.